Hello and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Today we have on the podcast Coach Bobby Ramsey of Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Coach Ramsey was the 2018 Football Coach of the Year in the state of Florida after his Mandarin Mustangs won the 2018 state championship. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Coach, when did we first meet each other? Uh, did, was it the All Star Games? Was uh, it? I mean, was was it? Was it? I I feel like it might have been. Well, no, I know how we met. We met. I think we originally met through Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Keith. Yeah, that's yeah. that's who it was. Yeah, because yeah. Ryan introduced yeah. us to each other. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and then the All Star Games from there. Yeah, the All Star Game, and um, I coached against you before I knew you at University Christian. Um, right. Right. 2009, 2010. Yeah, when, when Derrick Henry was a freshman, he ran through us like crap through a tin horn, that's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's a lot of people. I mean, that, yeah, hey, that's, that's even pros. So, I mean, it's, I told anybody, don't feel too bad about it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't think I've ever told this story to anybody like in public or on a podcast, but after we played y'all that year, our, our head coach, uh, University, uh, Heath Nivens, we were on the phone. He's like, man – it ain't like that guy was Adrian Peterson, you know, like being funny. <laughs> that was right. like, well, he's better. <laughs> right. You're right. He's so, he's, so you're right. He's not like Adrian Peterson. Right. Like, geez, you know, you say, like, we were both, met, you know, going back and forth. Like, we couldn't stop this freshman. Lo and behold, Heisman Trophy winner and his NFL star, you know. Like, yeah, I think with, with him, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I would, he's one of, it was, he was one of those players where, like, you, you can take the grade out of it. You know, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the fact he's a ninth grader is irrelevant. Um, you know, he's he's that good, that young. You know. Yeah, for sure, Coach. Um, coach, tell the listener a little bit about your history. Uh, I'm going to post this link, listeners, uh, to the description about Coach's record, his, his wins, very impressive. Uh, but just give the listener a uh, just a synopsis of, of your history as a coach. Uh, well, this is going to be my 13th year as a head coach. Um, this will be my fourth at Mandarin. Um, I did nine years at Yulee High School, um, where, you know, we were talking about Derek. Obviously, that was our claim to fame. Uh, took that job in 2008. Um, new, young high school. Only been open a year and a half when I took the job. Um, prior to that, I'd been an assistant on the north side of Jacksonville at First Coast High School and, you know, had the opportunity to coach some great players there um, for that. Um, I did three years of a, at a small college, Trinity University, uh, where from 02 to 04, and uh, was very fortunate to be a part of a team that went to a national championship in 2002. Um, and then the year prior to getting there, 2001, I started coaching at Lincoln High School in, in Tallahassee. Um, I was getting my master's at FSU at the time. I graduated. I played football at a small college at Texas McMurray University, and uh, my defensive coordinator told me that hey, if you want to coach out there and not teach, you can, because in, in Texas you can't do that, at least at public schools. So I said, yeah, you know, I, I, you know kind of cool. We'll make a little extra money or whatever. I had no intentions of getting into coaching as a career. Um, and, uh, you know, right when I came out there and got involved, um, you know, that, it did help. I was, you know, a part of a really good team. But, um, you know, I immediately just realized that it was what I wanted to do. Um you know, the direction that I wanted to go. So, um, you know, that's kind of been my career as a coach. Like I said, as a player, I, I played high school and college in Texas. Um, and um, and that's, that's kind of my background. So, I've always heard 
Texas high school football is the mecca of high school footballs. Is is that true? Did you say? Would you say that's true? Yeah, I mean, I would. Well, I guess it depends on on what your what your focus is. Is if your focus is the the infrastructure of the program, uh, the the community support, um, obviously the 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 amount of time that you get to spend with your players, um, the amount of time you get to spend on coaching, um, and and the, the the way you're taken care of as a coach, I would say yeah. I mean. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's much more way of life there than any place else. Um, you know, but the, like somebody said, flip side is you better win. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. Uh, and, um, now I would say, you know, there's states, Georgia, um, you know, Alabama, maybe, you know, I, I've seen too, um, uh, where the, the, uh, the, the, it's pretty similar, you know, as far as the, the, the way, the, the infrastructure, the support, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but as far as that, I, I think the dip, the big, you know, it's, it's being in Florida. What I can say is that, that those are the main differences from the coaching point of view, from the talent perspective. Um, I, I don't think anybody can touch the state of Florida. You know, there's talent everywhere. Um, you know, I, I played at a, pretty good sized high school, a five, a school out there, which is about 1400 kids. Um, and you know, in, in a metropolitan area in San Antonio, which is, you know, about, you know, well over a million people, I think it's the 10th largest city in the country, something like that. Um, and I mean, we would maybe, you know, in 10 games, we would maybe see, you know, three to five FBS players a year, you know, and, and, and those were probably, you know, not to, you know, downplay any kid that goes FBS, but you were, these were kids that were probably going to like Air Force or um, UTEP, those kind of schools. You know, they weren't Power Five guys. Sure. I mean, and you're you being from down here, you can you can back this up. You, you may play. I mean, we play Sandalwood High School. There, they got five guys on one team. You know, they can play at Power Five schools. Sure. So, yeah. You know, so I think week in week out, the the talent you see, and it's really through all the classifications. Um, it is where Florida, I think, trumps everybody because, you know, in Texas, once you get south of 4A, and, and when you get outside the, the Dallas, Houston uh, areas, East Texas, maybe some parts of, of Central Texas, it's, you don't have the, there's a big drop off in talent. You know, it's, it's, it's really there. It's more, it's those, it's probably kids are, they're a great coach. You know, kids love football and, and uh, programs that are very well supported and taken care of and great coaching jobs, but you're not going to be having the same talent. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm, when I talk to people up here in West Virginia about just the guys that are on my high school team, I mean, you're talking right. Florida State, uh, Syracuse, West Virginia, East Carolina, Troy, Louisville, Oklahoma. People look at me like, what do you, what do you mean they're on the same team? team that's that's not all the guys in the state you know like right you're like, right no it's it's i mean again my, going back to my high school experience i mean i, I we were a good team i mean we were a, a you know you know program that won eight nine games uh or seven eight games eight nine games a year in the four years i was in high school and in four years i was in high school we had one fbs signee and he was our nose guard who i played with and um and that was the TCU at a time 
before Frank Jalen got there when they were god awful. So <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 it it really you know you, you kind of get your perspective skewed a little bit here when and when you when you see all the talent, you think it's like that everywhere, but it's really not. Sure, and coach, talk about you know how do you how do you coach against that type of talent? I know your team has a lot of talent. You guys won the state championship a couple of years ago. But how do you prepare to, to, to go against teams that had that amount of athletic ability? How do, you, how do you do that? Oh, I think, you know, first and foremost, you make sure that you've trained your guys right so where you have good athletes too, um, you know, that you're doing the right things on the strength and condition <laughs> things. And then, you know, I think any team, you know, regardless of where you're at or where you're from, I think you always have to do a good job of identifying, you know, I think one thing that we we did a nice job of at Yulee, and not my first year Mandarin, but from, from the, the time on, is limiting the other team's best player or players. You know, finding those guys who can, you know, I call them game, like defensively I call them game wreckers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually a, you know, usually a defensive lineman or, or someone who, you know, maybe a, 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 an edge guy hey, we, we got to do something about this guy. You know, we've got to somehow neutralize him. And, you know, offensively, you know, obviously you get, you get their tendencies and all that. But, you know, then, you know, what do you do maybe a little differently to, you know, bracket a wide receiver or, um, you know, commit more to the run game if it's a running back. So I think it's, it's a lot of stuff that everybody just kind of does. You just better have good enough players um, and coach them up well to – you know, um, to make sure that they're doing the right things in the game. I think also, uh, you know, a lot of it can be situational. Um, you know, um, this tend, you know, you know, when the guys here lined up at this spot, you know, this is what they're about to do. So mm-hmm. can you anticipate and, um, you know, th- those kind of situations as well. So, um, you know, we, we always point out the other team's best players, and, and I think you want to challenge the kids that, hey, look, you got this is a challenge. You got to step up. You got to play well against this guy. Um, you know, you know this this kid caught you know nine balls for 150 yards last week. That can't happen. You know, we've got to limit the number of touches. And you know, if it's a skill guy, I think you got to be smart. You know, if he's also the kick punt returner, like don't kick it to him. You <laughs> yeah. Know, right. Like, yeah. Common sense stuff. Like you know. Make sure your punter punts it away from him, punts it out of bounds. I mean, just kind of stuff that you know. I think you know. Again, just kind of common sense. You know, how can we limit his his touches? Kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I always laugh at guys that say we're not going to be scared of him. We'll kick it to him. I'm like, you guys are morons. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I spoke to Adam Glazier two weeks ago, and like every you know, my topic was special teams, and like every session I. Or when I talked to two sessions where I did kick off and punt, like I, I think I had like a slide each or two, like don't kick it to the other team's best player. Like, you know, I, I get it. You know, you want to get up in front of your kids and be like, oh, we're not, we're not scared. I'm, you know, my thing is like I'm gonna be smart. You know, I, I said, you know, there's, there's, you know, tough and stupid can be the same thing sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, you know, I'm sure the the guys at Little Bighorn were tough too, and how that worked out you know what i'm saying like, yeah, yeah. So, i mean you 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 gotta kind of as a coach you, you have to you have to play it smart and, and that's 
uh, again. There, there may be a situation where, hey, you can't avoid it. They might have a couple guys back there, and it's like, well, you got to pick your poison. you got to kick it to somebody. But, um, you know, I, I just – I think if you if you don't focus on – and I think it's what Belichick does so well. What do they do well and what – you know, and who's doing it? And mm-hmm. how do we – you know, how do we neutralize that, whether it's a, a, a package or a player? You know, how are they – how are they – how are they generating points? You know, how are they moving the ball? Now let's ID that, you know, apply what we do to make sure that that's not how we get beat. Um, and, you know, hey, there's some teams that are that good that they have players everywhere. You can't you can't do that. I don't, not a lot of high schools, you know, but, um, you know, there are teams that, that have that balance and mix where it's like, yeah, you know, you stop this, they're going to kill you with that or vice versa. But um, I really think that's what game plan comes down to. Yeah, I mean, if they're if they have that many those many dudes, they're gonna beat you anyway. So, <laughs> like, right, uh, right, right. I mean, okay. Uh, so, coach, let's let's talk about your your defensive philosophy, your defensive coach, and then we'll go. You can go offense, and then talk a little bit about your special teams, and we can go back and forth. I'll ask questions as you as you go through there. Well, I've always been a four down guy. Um, uh, you know, I haven't coached in in many three down schemes. Um, I was the defensive coordinator along with being the head coach at Yuli for the first six years there. Um, and at Mandarin as well, you know, when we've used three man fronts, it's kind of been as a curveball throw at the offense. Um, you know, maybe you have a pressure package or something that's, that's unique that they have to prepare for. Um, I've been, I've always been a big fan of moving the front. Um, I, I think it's a, a safer way to create some confusion for the offensive line. Um, as opposed to rolling the dice with too many blitzes where you might Q-gap something. Um, and then, you know, I've always been a big zone coverage guy. Um, I do think you have to blitz some. I do think you have to mix in some man coverage. Um, I think, you know, I when I stopped calling the defense was around the time that RPOs kind of started up. And, and I know that, you know, man is is, is popular. You know, there's one way that people like to defend those. So, um I'm not necessarily as opposed, much opposed to it as I used to be, um, but I, I've always felt like, you know, you want to deny the, the, you know, make sure you, you, you gap out versus the run, mm-hmm. you know, make sure your alignment sound, obviously that you can handle any motions, shifts, checks, anything like that, um, you know, and then in the passing game, you know, you want running game. You want to deny the vertical runs, and then the passing games. You know, defend deep to short, inside to out. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, take away the post, take away the seams, uh, force them to throw the ball in the flat or towards the sideline, and help you have a twelfth defender. Um, and and I think you know, I'm not I'm not a big. Uh, I've always been a pattern match guy. Um, I've never I'm never a, fan, a proponent of of DBs staring at the quarterback. Um, I just I just don't think that the way the game the passing game has just gotten too complex, and teams throw the football too well to to do it that way. Um, so I'm not a spot drop guy when it comes to zone, and you know as far as zone goes, I, um, you know mainly a four uh, with with mixing in some three, you know when you know especially on rundowns, get that extra hitter down there, um, you know or use three as a trips check, which I did a lot um, at Yuli. Um, but quarters is probably, um, you know, where my base was. I don't know that I'm as as much of a quarters guy as I used to be, and I know you guys. I've talked about that a little bit. I've mm-hmm. I've become more of a fan of the single high stuff. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, I think defense is down to, you know, reacting to blocks, beating blocks, make, run into the football. Um, you know, it, I don't, I'm not, I'm a real, I'm really afraid of paralysis by analysis. I'm really afraid of putting too much on our kids' plates. Um, I think you want to put them in a situation where they're, they can react to something and run. Um, you teach them leverage, uh, you teach them fits, uh, and, and you go from there. Yeah. I, I think that we've talked defense before. I actually helped, I coached the D line in the all-star game for you. And yeah. I really, I mean, we, we'll be more probably four down here next year. Uh, four, three actually. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I learned from you that we're doing doing here, it's, it was really, really good stuff. You were a lot of quarters back then, though. What made you change to, like, in post coverage more? Um, well, I think it probably, you know, um, started with the run game. You know, just, mm. just trying to create, um, you know, sort of realizing that teams were spreading you out to run the football. Yeah. And um, actually, your brother and I had this conversation – you know, because I was all—I used to be an automatic. Hey, if it's two by two, you know, Sam and Will are detached, and you know, I remember Cable going, "Shoot, that's what I want you to do." You know, <laughs> so I want, you know, if you do that, I'll run the. You know, now it's it's kind of gotten back, maybe more to that with the RPO stuff. Um, but I was like, "Oh wow, you're right." And high school football, I think, still as as good as the passing game's gotten on this level, uh, you have to defend the run. Yeah, and it, it, you know, so it was. It was kind of looking at some people who had really who did some really good stuff defensively, but were doing it out of single high, you know. And then you start, you know, when uh, Muschamp was in Florida, um, one year there, I think they were, you know, eleven and two, um, and talking to their defense, well, who's the guy that's defense coordinator now in South Carolina, Travis Robinson, you know, he said that year they played eighty-seven percent of the time they were in a single high, uh, some kind of single high coverage, right. Uh, and, um, you know, be, but you got to be smart about it. You know, we, we started doing some single high stuff versus two by two um, on rundowns. You know, I wouldn't be there right. third and 11. You know what I'm saying? But sure. first and 10. Um, and then incorpor- really what the, the icing on the cake was incorporating the ripless match element of it. Um, sure. You know, where you could find a way to defend. Because I was always afraid of four verts. I'm like, well, if they see in single high four receivers, they're going to run four verticals and you're going to have three defenders. So how do you, how do you accommodate for that? Um, and, uh, the rip list match stuff was, um, was, was really was, okay. You know, this is kind of the best of both worlds. Um, you know, I can, I can have the numbers I want in the run game, but I can also make sure that I've got myself at least I've got an answer. If you want to go four verticals again, I don't know that I want to play that on, Again, that's not going to be my third down coverage. Right. Uh, but on first and ten, if, if you, you want to try me for a shot or whatever, at least I've got it now to where I can I can account for that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, cover, it's cover one versus vertical routes is my – I mean, it's much more complicated than that. That's pretty much what it is, right? Like, you get a vertical release, it's a man match. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and, you know, really working with the, the corner in that, that – that, uh, you know, uh, you know, linebacker over there making the under calls. Mm-hmm. You know, so they know that that a drag's coming across. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, really, truly, that's it's it's basically man with switch with with switch calls almost. And um, 
that's something that that I really, you know, like you said, if you got if you got four verse, you know, the, that backside safety. Now it's just that or that, you know, short side uh, safety. Whoever's over there, you're carrying number two. Right. Um, where if it's true cover three, you're letting him go and zoning off to the flat. So, right. uh, you know, it's really you're really only changing the responsibility. I felt like for us, for one guy. You know, we call it our outlaw, which was our our strong safety adjust. Who was our adjuster in the defense? Right. So it wasn't like you were installing a whole different way to play cover three. You were basically giving the free safety the ability to help more towards the field or towards the Sam linebacker, who right always going to be the worst cover guy of the two. And you know, you're asking this guy to, to do a little bit more and, and get outside his comfort zone a little bit. But at the end, you're you know, again, you as a coach got to be smart. Okay, I'm not going to put you in this situation on third and 18, um, you know, or, or third and eight. I'm going to put you in a situation where you can defend the pass better. But this at least helps us out if, you know, somebody wants to try to to, to get the ball over our head. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of the Ripley is match stuff, um, you know, and, and um, it's, it's something that I definitely, uh, you know, tried to tried to look into more. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, talk about your offensive philosophy a little bit. You're obviously defensive coach. You're one of the top guys uh, in the state of Florida. Talk a little bit about how your offensive philosophy meshes with your, your defensive philosophy. You know, I think it goes back to, you know, start at the line of scrimmage. Um, what can you block? What, you know, what do you have? What's, what's your, you know, personnel-wise, offensive line-wise, what can you block? You know, one of the reasons I like four down on defense and high school is because, you know, we don't have a, a – we're not stacked with these, you know, three-down defensive linemen. You know what I'm saying? Like those guys who might be, you know, 260 pounds and really athletic. You know, we don't have four or five of those guys. So, you know, we're better off putting maybe guys who are a little undersized but strong, tough, quick, coachable, and making them defensive linemen. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, again, you got to make sure that you've got the, the scheme to fit the personnel that you have. So, um, you know, everything starts with the offensive line. Um, you know, at, at Mandarin, we're not. A, we're, I'm, I'm not a real big inside zone guy. Right. Um, you know, we're we're a lot of pin and pull. Um, you know, it's a leverage run game, and and it's you know we were a lot of that when I was at at, at Yuli too, um, especially when we had Derek. Um, you know, we were a, you know, power, power counter, G fold team. You know, ISO. We weren't, we weren't running a lot of, you know, I, he, I didn't need him cutting back. Like, right. You know, yeah. Let's, let's get big man run. You know, and um, from there, um, passing game wise, uh, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in uh, formations and motions to affect the, the defense. I'm not a big believer in. Uh, in too much, I think you got to, you know, you got to make sure that that you're you're not overloading your quarterback. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying that you dummy it down to the point of, you know, hey, you make one read a run, uh, you may do that, um, but I think, you know, your your run game and, and and your passing game, you know, you have to have a pass off every run, and they have to kind of marry each other. Sure. Um, you know, being a being a team that that likes the the, the the pin pull run game and the and the you know the, the what would look like buck sweep or right. uh, you know fold scheme between the the center and the guard or or something.
we married as RPO. Yeah. Um, and, and I've, I've, you know, a big proponent of it. Um, you know, and, and be calculated when you take your shots. Um, you know, I'm not a big believer in throwing deep on your own 20 yard line. Um, I think you're wasting a down, um, for a low percentage throw and you're backed up. So am I conservative? I don't, I, I don't know that I would say I'm conservative. Um, you know, I, I think most defensive guys tend to want balance out of their offense more than, than not. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily mean balance and play calling as much as balance and production. Um, and then mix in your draw and your screen games and, and, and compliment that way. And, uh, um, you know, I, I do like throwing the ball down the field when you get closer to midfield. Um, and, uh, you know, you have less grass in front of you. And, you know, if you do take a sack, it, it, it's not going to kill you field position wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and, and again, with, with the off, with the, you know, Okay, now well, let's let's see what the defense is doing and what we have that that, that hurts that, and and then kind of go from there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You said you gave a talk on special teams, Coach. Give give the listener a little bit about your special teams philosophy, if you don't mind. Um. Well, you know, I I, I run the special teams at Manor, and if any other reason, just to give me something to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't call the offense. I don't call the defense half the time when I go around those guys. They don't want me around anyway. So, um. You know, I, I started doing this at Yuli when I stopped coordinating. I was like, well, you know, I got nothing to do. I'm going to coach the special teams. And um, I feel like a hypocrite because I was a terrible special teams player in high school and college, and now I'm, like, selling out on it for, for my teams that I coach. But, um, you know, with, with your, your kicking game, you know, at the very least I would say you don't want to lose the football game with your kicking game. Yeah. Uh, you know, are you going to win a game with your kicking game? Maybe not, you know, make that game-changing play, whether it's a, a punt block or a return or something like that, but you can dang sure lose the game with your kicking game. And, you know, my first probably 15 games at Mandarin, we had, the, you know, we had the book on that. I mean, we were really good at losing games and our kicking game being part of the reason why, whether or not it was, you know, a ball snapped over the punter's head or, you know, a punt return, a kick return for a touchdown, um, you know, uh, things like that that just – were game-changing plays that, that cost us, and we finally figured out how to stop doing that and, and giving ourselves a chance to win. So, um, you know, I think you got to put athletes out there first and foremost. Um, I'm not the guy who thinks you got to play all your starters um, because I just don't know how realistic that is. I've, I've been in these situations where, you know, it is you get out there and practice, and, you know, you have that linebacker out there, and he's on your kickoff team, and, you know, the kickoff, the first kickoff of the game, he's out there, and then, you know, beginning of the second quarter, your linebacker's coach is coming over. Coach, you got to get him off the field. You know, like, right, yeah. These three's wore out. So you end up putting another kid in who hasn't had the reps because he wasn't – it's hard to get – I mean, it's hard to rep your twos on special teams during the week. Of, of, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You still have a lot of time to do that. So, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I believe in being calculated, smart in your kickoff, um, uh, who you kick to. I think special teams. I think you got to do it every day in some form or fashion. Um, if you wait till Wednesday or Thursday to just make sure that everybody knows what team they're on, then I think you're going to start to see mistakes and and things that are going to cost you games. Um, I'm a big big believer in circuits, and we incorporate a circuit on Monday that, that covers a lot of special teams fundamentals. Um, you know, I, I think you should maximize your depth with your special teams. I'm not saying play. You know, don't don't put 
team on kickoff. And then, you know, right. the best athlete gets the ball and, um, you know, takes it to the house. But I am a proponent of, um, you, you know, if you have a kid, play as many guys as you can. Um, because if, if anything, I think the more kids that you can play, it's just, it's good for your morale. Sure. Um, if kids know they're going to play in a game, that you get more out of them in practice. Um, and you're rewarding, a lot of times you're rewarding kids that, that you know, are, have worked hard during the week and done good things for you in the offseason. They're just behind a kid who's maybe a year older, you know, but mm. they're good enough to get on the field. Well, get them on the field. Um, and that helps their development as well. And another thing with special teams, I think, is, uh, you know, you can find guys, guys you maybe didn't know could play much, and then you put them on kickoff. If the kid can run down and make a tackle on kickoff, you can do something with them. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you can figure out a role for him. And, um, y- you know, I- I'm, I'm not a big fake punt guy. Um, you know, it really, truly, I, you know, we, we stopped doing it at, at Yuli because I kind of figured out, well, if it's fourth and five, why am I going to run a fake punt? Well, let's get the ball Derek. Right, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. If I want to, you know, in the last two years here at Mandarin, we've had Carson Beck, and the, the quarterback, who's a Georgia now, and it's like, well, if I went five yards, why am I going to fake it? Like, I'd rather Carson have the ball in his hand, and, and we kind of go from there. So, right. uh, not a huge fake guy, but I think that, that'll change. Um, become a rugby punt guy, which which I really like a lot, um, and uh, has been really good for us. The, the switch to that in the last two years has been really effective. Um, and, you know, I think with, with kickoff and punt, I think you have – very easy rules for the kids to follow, you know, keep the ball inside, keep the ball in front of you, um, you know, find the football. And, you know, I'm not a landmark guy. I'm not, Hey, you're running to the, the top of the numbers. You're running to the, the hash mark. Um, you got to tackle the ball. And, you know, one thing I learned at, up at Alabama's coaching clinic is the, you know, the best way to do that is get as many bodies around the football as possible. So, right. um, you know, I don't need a kid running to the, 30 the, the the top of the numbers on the 30 when the ball's been kicked to the other side of the field and you're giving green grass to a really good athlete so um you know keep the ball inside in front and um you know in the return games i i, I try to keep it simple with the with the return because you know we we have a, a pretty basic man scheme that we run where we're just trying to stay on that inside hip on the punt return and our kid needs to be able to navigate um you know, it's, so it's essentially a middle return. I'm not a, a wall guy or anything like that. The reason I'm not is because I, we just don't have time to teach that stuff during the week. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'd rather be really good at one thing and trust my players than try to install, you know, spend 25 minutes trying to teach a different return every week. Yeah. Uh, the chances are they won't run in the game right anyway. So, right, yeah. Uh, you know, um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, when, when the opportunity's there to block it, block it. Um, I, I don't really, um, I'm not a big fan, I don't, I'm not a fan of punt return wise subbing in uh, a punt return team. I just feel like that kind of, we leave our defense out there and, and it'll sub the returner. Um, just because that's, you know, selfishly, it's one less stressful thing I got to worry about. You know? Right, yeah. You know, you're on the, you're, you know, just, you're on the headset and, coach, we got, it's when my five came off, and it's you know, oh, you have to waste time out and just leave your defense out there, you know, yeah, and 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 make them play football, so you know, hold them accountable. That's a football play, 
And I think too, like with punt, with punt return, I mean, in high school football, sometimes the guy that's punting the ball, I mean, you don't know where that ball's going. No. I mean, no. like. <laughs> I, I one thing that that we really focus on, the, the main thing that we want from our returner is the guy who will field the ball. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so just field it if you can. Just, just, just field it. You know, either catch it in the air, fair catch it, or stop the roll. But you know, I, you know, it's so hard to predict where. You know, we charted the punt. You know, and and you know, it, it, you know, I, I don't think you could really come to be like an NFL guy and be like, you know, that ball's going to drop right here every time. You know, this is not realistic. You know, for us, that ball, you know, it could be, you know, end over end. It could be a line drive punt. It could be off the side of his foot, wobbling. Um, there's lots of different. It's 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 hard to catch punts in high school for these kids because the punts are are all over the place. So I would tell anybody, first things first, on your punt return, just field. I mean, don't give up, you know, extra yards because your guy got away from it every time. You know, like you got to have a guy who's got the, you know, the guts to run up under it and field it. So that's what we look for. That's awesome, coach. That is really good. I'm. I was talking to Brad Birchfield about his special teams philosophy, and he's talk. He talks about we just we want possession more than gaining yards. Right. Right. I mean, it. it, we, it really, we, we we made a change this year. You know, we had a kid that was back there, and after three or four games, I'm like, guys. I mean, ball's bouncing on the 35 and rolling to the 20, or right. it's bouncing on the 40 and rolling to the 20. Like, we we got a field, you know, and, right. you know, because you know, and, and I get it. The tendency is when you see that. That knuckler coming off the foot of the punter, what, what's everybody's first immediate? Te- what, what's the first thing everybody's thinking? Peter, Peter, get away! Yelling, get away, get away, Peter, Peter, Peter! Yeah, yeah. So you know that's all good for the other ten guys, but that guy's got to be going towards the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah he's got to be smart. I get it. You know, it might just be a crappy punt he couldn't get to. That that happens sometimes, but that's why you work on those things in practice. And I just tell the guys that work with the returners, like, don't give them. You know, we don't need to be doing it off the judge machine. You know, right. they need to be, you know, running to track down a ball that's rolling and stopping it. You know, they need to be working on field and punts that aren't very good. So, because that's what they're going to see in the game. I mean, um, you know, very rarely are you going to see. Um, I mean, I, I think I saw Kirk Ferentz, a quote from him, like, just like there's all these Australian punters now, you know, like, and sure. that's where everybody's going to find their punters in college because he's like, there's an epidemic of bad punting in high school. And I'm like, you ain't lying, man. No, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I mean, I'll sit down on a huddle and chart, you know, the, the distance of the guy's punt. Is he punt it, you know, straight, middle, or you know, excuse me, like middle, left, or right? And it's all over the place. It's like a, you know, like a spray chart. You know? I, I, I honestly, on the, with the with the punter, uh, you know, I, they're all kind. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, you got to chart it every week, but it's it's amazing, like how many times out of ten games, eight times, I guarantee you, you're like the kid's kicking at 33, 34 yards. Right. You know. I mean, you know, um, so everybody's kind of almost in that window. What I look at more is the snapper. I got you. you. Know? Okay. Is this a snap that we can affect the punt? You know, right. is this kid, is this kid's, you, you know, are the snaps high? Are they low? Are they slow? Um, can we affect them that way? Um, you know, and then, you know, too, another thing is that I mentioned rugby. A lot of people are going to that. Yeah. And, you know, that's created these, these end over end rollers and, and things like that. So I would tell any coach, you know, work on fair catches and work on your guys stop and rolling footballs. You know, right. and almost like they need to learn how to play center field. Yeah, that's right. That's good, coach. That's awesome. Uh, as we 
we land this plane, Coach, give the give the listener just a nugget if, of something that you wish you would have known as a young coach. Um, you know they don't always listen to you. <laughs> oh shoot, that's 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 awesome. They don't always listen. Um, and um, you know, you almost kind of at times have to expect them to be ready to have to say it again because you know um, they they the way you see the game as a player and the way they see it as or the way you see it as a coach and the way they they see it as a player can be very different. And you really need to make sure that um, that that book um, there was a book that a guy wrote uh, it was called Peak. Um, where he had like different coaches. It was like Coach K, Coach Calipari, Doc Rivers. It was different sports. Urban Meyer was in there. Uh, Seth Davis wrote it. The guy from uh, he's probably, he might be your cousin. Um, Shoot. you know the guy who does uh, CBS basketball. Um, okay. And one of and Peak stood for like four different things, and one of the E was empathy. Um, and I think one one skill that as a coach that that you really don't ever want to let go of, and it's harder the older you get, is always try to keep in mind how this looks from the prism of the player. Right. You know, I'm not saying the inmates need to run the asylum. I'm not saying you want to make every decision to make your players happy, but you know, they, they, you know, I think when you, you maintain that kind of thought process, you, you, you're always working to figure out how to reach it as best you can. Yeah. Um, so I would say first thing <laughs> is, you know, and then I'll tell you what, for, for young coaches nowadays, best advice would be, you know, don't expect to be an offensive court. Don't get into the thing you're going to be an OC or DC at 25. Right. You know, I think a lot of young coaches, I mean, I'll just say it. We have this discussion. Um, I mean, I'm 40. It's not like I'm a, a, a fossil. But, um, <laughs> you know, one thing I learned as a young coach is there's other stuff you got to do. Yeah. You know, especially if you're going to if you're going to coach basically anything other than major division one or the NFL. I mean, sure. you know, even if you're a small college coach you're you're not just coaching football i mean you're you maybe have a role within the athletic department or you know you help with equipment or something like that you know what i'm saying so um but for this being specific to high school and people that get into high school coaching don't be that young coach who you know comes in thinking he's got all the answers um be open to learning that's another thing um i know you asked for one thing but as i talk coming up more stuff but um i would say don't chase Titles chase programs. Um, you know, you're better off getting in on the ground floor of a program that's very successful and learning the right way to do it than getting, you know, a coordinator title at 24 in a bad place where it doesn't matter who's calling the place, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. And now that offensive production or that defensive production, your name's on that. Um, so you're going to have to go backwards a little bit in your career to go forwards. And, um, now, I mean, I sound like a little bit of a hypocrite. I got a head job at, at, you know, 28 when the season started, I was 29. Um, but I worked for three really, I, I was at three good programs. Right. You know, I learned from three really good head coaches and, um, that prepared me to be ready younger than if I would have been in some places where I, I didn't learn what it meant to be a coach. And, um, uh, you know, you better be prepared to help line the field or help with equipment or, uh, you know, do things that you're not going to get paid to do. Um, like, you're not too good. As a, One thing I learned as a head coach, is I, I tell any assistant, one thing I learned, there is no small job in the program. Yeah. And I'm sure you can attest to that, you know. Oh, yeah. There is, 
there is no because if some if, if it's not getting done by that person, whatever that role is, then somebody else has to pick up the slack. Yep. You know, and that person now is is what their responsibilities are. They're going to struggle with them because they're having to do more work, um, or they're getting burned out, and it can create a an atmosphere in the pool. You know, if I'm a coach, well, he's supposed to be, you know, uh, setting up the sideline. Well, he didn't do it. You know, Coach Johnson over there had to do it for him. Well, I don't really want to put the footballs out. Johnson could do that too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just creating a scenario. And, and I think more and more with younger coaches, partly because they have so much access to video and knowledge that you and I didn't have when we were starting out. Sure. You know, there's so much out there on the internet. There's so much on Twitter. You know, the the online clinics. You know, when I was starting out in 0102, I mean, I was reading, you know, I, 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 it sounds like so archaic. I was reading books, you know. I was yeah, like, yeah. You know, buying the AFCA manuals and, and, you know, you had to learn, you know, it was, it was, a, it was tougher to learn because you didn't have these things right at your fingertips where, I mean, if I want to read about the Eagle defense, I'd get on, I'd follow that 46 guy on, on Twitter and look at all the stuff that he posts and watch the video. So, sure. um, they do have access to a little bit more, you know, at a younger age than we did. And I get that, but, um, you know, high school football, there's so much more to coaching than, than that time you spend between the lines. Oh, cool. um, awesome. And and you better be ready to work a lot off the field. And, you know, you better be able to work with people. And if you're the 23-year-old who comes in out of college, I, you know, you know what I, I invented the game. If you have that mentality, you're going you're gonna to alienate yourself. Sure. I mean, that's <laughs> – that's interesting you say that. That's something I've definitely run into as, as a head coach. Um, you know, people think they reinvented the game of football, and you're like, hold on now. <laughs> right, this has right. been around and, for a while. You know, the thing is, like, buddy, you may have really good ideas, but when you present it in the way that you present it, when you come across as arrogant, it's human nature to just kind of tune you out. Sure. So, um, and no one likes to be patronized. Sure. So, um, you know, and again, like, what, what you know, I, I'm look. I believe take talent over experience, but at the same time, like, don't come at me with like some, you know, wisdom. You're shot. You're shooting at me, and, and you've coached for like, you know, a year and a half. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're talking to me like you're George Hallis or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, George Hallis. Oh my gosh. You know, coached for 50 years or something. Like, you know, um, because you don't have enough experience to say for sure that what you're saying is or is not going to work. It very well may work. Right, but it's it's you're 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 coming from somebody else's theory, not your own experience. Does that make sense? Oh, sure. And experience is the best teacher. I think, like you said, though, you want to hire talent over experience. But a lot of times, experience does help. Teach. No question. No question. I mean, um, and and you know, you want to have coaches in your program that I like. I want guys that, that want to learn and want to work hard. But you know, I I don't want to have to you know get on you every Friday night because you know you didn't help put jerseys away or um you know your job was to line the field this week and you didn't do it or or whatnot like i don't i don't that that can cause as many problems as you know not teaching um a proper step or something like that hell coach that's you're right i mean i we could we go for an hour about those stories uh yeah for sure but coach thanks for coming on and uh man it's been a pleasure and you're you're one of the best coach that's for sure I appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, I think the world of you, so uh, anything you're involved with, I'm always down for it. That goes, that's awesome. Listeners, I will put this thing up here shortly.